Yesterday, Yaraji had concluded the talks on the Four Noble Truths. And today, as everyone has the wish to do question and answer, uh, this session will be answering the questions put up by the yogis. It is very good to ask questions with the wish to learn. And Buddha himself taught in Gamma Vibhanga that if one does not inquire, if one does not ask, one will not gain knowledge. And by inquiring, by asking questions, one can gain knowledge. And Saraji will try his very best to answer the question. Because Yaraji is not a Buddha, Yaraji may not be able to answer very accurately as Buddha can, but Yaraji will try his very best to answer the questions. And there are nine questions. And Yaraji uh, says that it will finish within one hour or one hour and a half. So the questions to Yaraji at this retreat. The first one, the question came from Bhikkhu Dhammasaka. He asked, when we meditate, even with our eyes closed, so no object to see. Sometimes, even with no light, but our mind still sees different things. Please explain how this seeing occurs. Saraji answers the first question. The questioner says that even though the eyes are closed, our mind sees different things and to explain how this seeing occur. So as the question goes, it is not seeing by the eyes, but it is mental seeing. It seems that one is seeing by the eyes, but actually it is the mental seeing, but it is not the direct kind of seeing with one's eye. So it can happen at normal times when one closes the eyes and one can see mental images so this can happen at ordinary times also. During the practice also, when Kaniga Samadhi, momentary concentration, becomes strong, when hindrances, nivranas, such as karma, chanda, sensual desire, and so on, are quite free due to the strong Kaniga Samadhi, one experiences mentally seeing, mentally, mentally hearing some things. So these mental images and mental sounds, they are called sanyaja nimeta. So these signs arise due to sanya perception, and they are also called Sanya nidana, 
as these mental images and mental sounds has the cause of sanya perception. And another word for it is sanya bhava, as these mental images and mental sounds are originated by sanya perception. So these mental images and mental sounds, they are panyati concept. They are not paramata. But the mental seeing, the mental seeing is paramata, the ultimate truth. So by this much, the yogi have understood uh, the answer to the first question. Saraji would like to remind the yogis about mental seeing and mental hearing during the practice. When Kanika Samadhi, momentary concentration, becomes strong, there can be mental images arising in all sorts, such as the image of the Buddha or the Dhamma or some grand uh, places like, and also forests and mountains and so on. So when sanya perception arises based on the sanya perception, there arises mental images. And these mental images are banyati concept and they are not brahmata, the ultimate truth. So one should not be thinking highly of these mental images that arise during the practice. And Saraji emphasized that seeing the Buddha images uh, in the practice is not, is not significant and there is no essence. But to pay respect to the Buddha in high way is to discern the Dhamma. Discerning the Dhamma, one sees the Buddha. By practicing the Dhamma, one should keep the Dhamma Vinaya, the doctrine and the discipline living within oneself. Keeping the Dhamma Vinaya alive within oneself by practicing, one is also said to be keeping the Buddha or the keeping the Buddha within one's heart. So if one wants to keep the Buddha alive within one's heart, one should practice Siddhipatthana meditation to gain Dhamma Vinaya living within oneself. Only when one gets to the stage of possessing the Dhamma Vinaya within some oneself, there will be assurance. So if there is mental seeing during the practice, do not be carried away by that. If one is carried away by what the person sees mentally, then it can be a disturbance to the practice. So without a skillful meditation teacher, yogi can have 
wrong view based on what he she experiences. So if the yogi is practicing according to what he she is right, then the practice will not get further and one will be losing the true essence of the practice. The second question was put up by the yogi Marian Bardal. She asked that to be able to see arising and passing away of Nama Rupa, do we have to enter Vipassana Jhana at one pointedness state or not? And Saraji explains that um, when one is noting the presently arising object, when the mind hits the target, the object of meditation, when the mind is direct or face-to-face with the object, then the noting will be effective and one discerns the characteristics of impermanent suffering and non-self. In order to discern, one should have ekagada, one-pointedness. By noting with sustained mindfulness on the object, the mind falls calm and collected on the object, and there is ekagata, one-pointedness. So by having ekagata, one-pointedness of mind, the mind will also be in balance, and one should definitely have ekagata, one-pointedness, in order to discern. Without ekagata, without one-pointedness, knowledge cannot arise. And Saraji also explained in the previous days that kanika samadhi, momentary concentration, is the proximate cause for knowledge to arise. And vitaka is called sahakari as it is associating with knowledge. And if yogis reflect to what Saraji had given talk on previous days, the answer to this question will be easily solved. So the third question comes from the yogi Michel Ui and also Jian Zhang asked the same kind of question and put it, putting it together, uh, they are asking, is it possible to retain mindfulness in daily life and gain insight, wisdom? How can <clears throat> mindfulness be integrated in daily life? And Saraji explains that in daily life, at certain hours, one has to give priority to one's job, giving priority to worldly matters. And also, in daily life, there should be certain time where one gives priority to the practicing of the Dhamma. So there should be two things. 
giving priority to the worldly matters and also there should be uh, giving priority to the Dhamma at certain part of the day. So in the part where one has to give priority to the worldly matters, uh, one should work diligently for the world, worldly matter. And at the same time, one can be as mindful as possible so that even though one may not be developing knowledge, vipassana knowledge, when working for the worldly matters, but it can be a support by being mindful, having general awareness of what one is doing. And these yogis also say that it seems difficult because the job may require fast-paced reading, thinking, so it's hard to note. So when they are doing their job for the earning, they have to pay attention to their job and at the same time uh, to keep the general awareness as much as they can. Keeping general awareness, keeping mindfulness as much as they can while doing their job, the defilements will not have great momentum as not being mindful at all. So, Sharaji says that when doing one's job, to pay attention to it and also have the general awareness as much as one can. And Giving priority to the worldly matters, Saraji reminds the yogis of one thing. If one has not discerned the Nama Rupa, there will still be the wrong view that there is the living soul, person or being, and there can also be the wrong view that there is the Mahabrahma creating and not being mindful, loba, dosa, moha, these defilements can arise in momentum. So long as there are defilements arising in momentum and these wrong view, one can, one can reach the lower assistances at any time. So giving priority to the worldly matters. One can have earning and one can have, one can have earning that can keep the person not in lower status in the worldly way, but earning is not significant compared to the Dhamma business. So as a human being coming across this Buddha's teaching, it is very important to be worthy of becoming a human being in this Buddha sasana. So as a human being, it is very important to be a true human, to have a humane mind and to become 
extraordinary human. So while having this opportunity, one should take this advantage of this opportunity to practice. When one is giving priority to the worldly matters only, maybe they are earning more, maybe they can have good standard of life in terms of worldly means. But in order to practice, one has to give up the worldly matters during the retreat. That should be Parijaga, giving up the worldly matters in order to gain some profit that has more guarantee. So in order to gain the Dhamma profit, one should give up the worldly matters during the retreat. So by giving up the worldly matters, practicing, one will be uplifted, one's mind will become pure and clean, and one will gain knowledge. And when one attains at least the first path and fruition knowledge, one will possess the Logodara Dhamma, super mundane Dhamma. And by realizing at least the first path and fruition knowledge, one will gain a guarantee in life. And there will be Parigaha, one will gain the Dhamma. And as this yogi say, the job does not allow enough time for a long retreat. So Saraji said, uh, due to Saraji said that according to his explanation, how, what one should do in order to be worthy of becoming a human being in this Buddha sasana to at least to at least attain the first path and fruition knowledge, uh, Saraji says that one should make time to practice in a retreat and saying that they are busy with their business is an excuse that is not sufficient. Buddha to be had made a definite decision, giving up the worldly pleasure of being in the palace, and Buddha gave up the pleasures of the palace. There was Parijaga giving up, and Buddha-to-be went to the forest seeking for the truth. And Buddha-to-be discovered the correct way of practicing and by practicing the correct way Buddha became totally free from the gravity of defilements that has been following throughout the round of assistances. Gaining enlightenment, Buddha knew what was the right path, what was the wrong path and Buddha could lead the beings the correct path. And Buddha also eradicated Sakaya Titi, personality view. So as a 
human being coming across this Buddha sasana, it is very important to remove Sakaya Diti, the wrong view of person and being. The examples are given here when one is pricked by the thorn, one should immediately take out the thorn. And if fire takes place in the head, if one's head or hair become burnt, one should immediately put away the fire. In the same way, Sakaya Deti, the wrong view of personality that has been following throughout the round of assistances, should be removed urgently. That should be Brijaga, removing, abandoning Sakaya Deti. And removing the defilements, one will be free from the gravity of defilements and one will become uplifted. So that's why it is very essential to practice Siddhipatthana meditation. Buddha eradicated all the defilements without any remainder left and Buddha became totally purified and Buddha became worthy of respect and honor by beings. Setting Buddha as the example, yogis should also give time for practice so that they can remove Sakaya Diti and also they can remove the Abhaya relating defilements. So one should give priority to practice in order to be free from Abhaya relating defilements, the defilements that can lead to lower assistances. So by practicing, even if one does not get to that stage, but one will be free from enmity and danger by practicing Siddhipatthana meditation. The fourth question came from Hisayo Suzuki, and she asked, after enlightenment, do the defilements no longer arise, or are they made powerless through sati while still arising? And Saraji says that when the questioner asks enlightenment, the one who puts this question will know what she means, whether it is enlightenment, what stage of enlightenment. And Saraji explains that there are four kinds of noble person, Sodapana, stream enderer, Sagadagami, once returner, Anagami, non-returner, and Arahat. And the questioner may be asking about the enlightenment of one of those or the four of those. And Sanoji explained that apart from Arahat, the other three are not totally free from defilements. They still have some defilements left. Sotabana, the stream enderer, 
has removed Sakaya Diti, wrong view of personality, Vichy Kicha, skeptical doubt, Silabata Paramasa, and Kamachan, the Apaya relating Kamachanda and Vyabada, the Apaya relating new hindrances, have been totally removed. But as a Sotapana stream enterer, the Kamachanda and Vyabada, the gross form of sensual desire and ill will, are still left, but they are not relating to Abhaya. Sakadagami, once returner, eradicates the gross form of Kamachanda and Vyabada, sensual desire and ill will. And Anagami, non-returner, abandons the refined form of Kama Chanda and Vyabada, the refined form of sensual desire and ill will. But Anagami, once returner, have not eradicated moha, delusion, tinamita, sloth and topper, and bhavaraga, craving for a good existence, so they are still left. And these are totally abandoned when one becomes an arahat. So the enlightened man of arahat can eradicate all the defilements. And the questioner asked that if the defilements still arise, if they are made powerless through sati. And Saraji answers that by certain stage of maga, pala, path and fruition knowledge, one can remove certain defilements. And finally, when one becomes an arahat, one can totally eradicate all the defilements. Saraji gives an example. If there is an illness that is fatal, one has to take necessary measures to cure the illness. And by taking medication and the treatment, maybe the 50% of the illness is cured. There can still be intermittent fever. And as the patient is treated, uh, taking more medication, then 75% of the illness is cured and continuing the treatment, the patient can totally be cured. Comparing to this example, the enlightenment of these four persons, Sodabana, Sakadagami, Anagami, and Arahat, vary from one to another. So the fifth question came from Yogi Zhang uh, Huing. Sorry if I mispronounce it. She asked, does Mara really exist? Or is he just a personification of the unwholesome mental states? And Saraji replies, According to the text, 
There is Mara. There are five kinds. Deva Buddha Mara is the deity which gives trouble or which hinders others from doing wholesome deeds. Especially in the sasana, when one is about to do wholesome deeds, uh, this deity is believed to give some trouble so that the person cannot uh, perform the wholesome deed smoothly. And there is Gilesa Mara, the defilements. As much one practices the three trainings, Lila, Samadhi, and Banya, morality, concentration, and wisdom, to the extent the person practices, the percentage of the defilements become less and less. And by practicing 25% less, 50% less, and 70% less of these defilements, in the example of curing the illness, when one does not have fever anymore, the illness is totally cured. So in the same way, Gile, excuse me, Gile Samara, the defilements should be uprooted. And one should uproot these defilements to the stage where there is no defilement left. So by removing all the defilements, one becomes an arahat. One will only have this assistance as the last one. There will not be any more bhavajati. There will not be any more birth. And thus one is also overcoming Kanda Mara as there will not be any assistances to be followed as, um, as an Arahat. And the fourth one is Abhisankara, good and bad deeds that leads to further assistances. Buddha eradicated all the defilements. Sorry, when one has eradicated, all the defilements have become an arahat. Arahat will not be doing any good and bad deeds that lead to further assistances, and one can overcome Abhisankara Mara. What the Buddha taught, some of them one can understand with their knowledge and there are things that the Buddha taught beyond one's knowledge. By practicing Siddhipatthana meditation, by removing avijja, tathna and upadana, ignorance, craving and clinging, one will not be performing kama, good and bad deeds that lead to further existences and thus Good results and bad results will not take place. Understanding these cause and effect, one respects the Buddha and one believes that the teaching of the Buddha 
are right. So rather than thinking if there is a personification of the Mara or if there is a Mara in the form of a being, rather than thinking about that, what is more important is to remove the Kilesa Mara, remove the defilements that is giving the most trouble internally. So Saraji said, the most important thing is to remove the internal defilements that has been giving the most trouble. And the question whether there is a Mara in the form of a person or being, it is not as important. What is more important is to remove the defilements. The word Mara means the thing that can cause death. The thing that can kill or the thing that can cause death is called Mara. Among the five types of Mara, the most frightening are the Kilesa Mara, the defilements. There can be ordinary form of defilements, Loba, Dosa, Moha. Not only the ordinary forms, but there are also extreme forms of defilements. There can be selfishness, indulging in Loba, and extreme form of dosa in the form of hatred, aversion, grudge, and not seeing the flaws of the bad things. It is moha, delusion. And if one indulges in these defilements, then there will be transgression. The person who is not free from defilements will be committing transgression. And also, the person who is not free from defilements will suffer. Indulging in sensual desire, the person can become inflicted with the disease. And indulging in taking Intoxicants and drugs, it can be fatal. And indulging in dosa, one commit wrongdoing such as killing others, torturing others, and so on. Committing these wrongdoings, even though the person does not die, but his or her virtue die. So the worst thing is, one's virtues will be deprived of by indulging in these defilements. So Mara, the most frightening Mara, is the defilements that are arising internally. In order to remove these defilements, internal defilements, one has to practice the three trainings, Sila, Samadhi, and Panya, so that one prevents, removes, cures, suppress, and uproot these defilements. So other than the defilements, there are no other things that are as frightening. So one should aim for removing 
the defilements that gives the most trouble and other kinds of mara are not as frightening. So the Deva Buddha Mara, the Mara in the form of being, is not as frightening. If other kind of Mara kill the person, it will only be for one life. But the defilements has been giving trouble throughout the round of assistances. And if one does not remove them, they will continue to give trouble. And Sarahji says that um, the questioner is asking about uh, Mara in the form of person and being. So Sarahji uh, is wondering if this yogi is concerned about some kind of spirit following him or her. And Sarahji says, nothing to be afraid of it. What one needs to be afraid, afraid of? are the defilements. The sixth question comes from Yogi Duan Tren. The Yogi asked, please kindly explain the Nama Rupa process at the time of death to the rebirth of the new being. If we continue to practice Vipassana ardently, can we prevent this process from happening? And Saraji replies that, Suti, Saraji replies that Suti, the death consciousness, and Patisandi, rebirth linking consciousness, they are the same kinds of consciousness. And when the cognitive process consciousness are not taking place, there is a kind of consciousness called Bhavanga, the life continuum. So when seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching are not prevalent, the bhavanga life continuum arises and this bhavanga is obvious, more obvious at the time of sleeping. So there are three kinds of consciousness that are of same type, patisandhi, suti, and bhavanga the rebirth-linking consciousness, death consciousness, bhavanga, life-continuing consciousness, they, these three are of the same type of consciousness. And the question has to be answered theoretically because it is not possible to be mindful of the death consciousness or the rebirth consciousness. So the death consciousness and rebirth consciousness, they only last a moment and it is very quick. It is impossible to be mindful of them. And at the time of death, as the person dies, one no longer have to practice. So one has to, the question has to be answered in theory. At the time of Patisandhi, at the time of rebirth, among the materiality, there is Kaya Pasada, body sensitivity, and there is Bhava, the materiality of sex, whether it is a man or a woman. And Vatu means the heart base. So these three 
main materiality are present kaya pasada, bhava and vatu. Body sensitivity, the uh, materiality of sex and heart base. So these are the three main materiality. And there is also present the life faculty of materiality is present. And avine boga rupa, the eight inseparable materiality are present. Patavi, apo, tejo, vayo, vana, ganda, rasa, oja, the earth element, the water element, fire element, and air element, uh, the vana, ganda, rata, rasa, oja, four of these objective materiality, these make up eight inseparable materialities. So combining with the main three, there are three of the ten materiality that make up thirty kinds of materiality present at the moment of rebirth linking consciousness. And this at the moment of rebirth linking consciousness, the Nama Rupa are very delicate and very subtle. It cannot be noted. One cannot be mindful of it at the moment of rebirth linking consciousness. And Saraji explains about Bhavanga Chitta, the life continuum. So between the cognitive processes, between the VT Chitta, there are Bhavanga life continuum. And Saraji gives the example, if a fence is made up of many poles, there are gaps between the poles. In the same way, the Bhavanga Jitta, life continuum consciousness, arises in between the process consciousness. And if the yogi is mindful, if the mindfulness is strong, yogi comes to know the Bhavanga Chitta as well. A bright yogi who practices diligently can discern Bhavanga Chitta. And the question says that by practicing Vipassana ardently, can we prevent this process from happening? And Saraji says, this process is not to be prevented. What are to be prevented are the defilements. So one should be preventing, curing, suppressing, uprooting the defilements by the practice of silas madi banya so that one will finally be totally eradicating the defilements. So these processes uh, should not be prevented deliberately, but as one eradicates all the defilements, these processes will also come to cessation. The seventh question came from Yogi So The Yogi asked, What are the qualities or characteristics of a Sota Panna? And Saraji explained that um, the Yogi is 
asking the qualities one gain after he she became a Sutta Pana. So in Visuddhi Maka and Padisambhida Maka explains the eight qualities of Sutta Pana. The first one is the defilement, loba, dosa, moha, that has not been removed before attaining the path and fruition knowledge. The Sotapanna removes these defilements. And the Sotapanna removes the defilements of Sakaya Deity, Vichikecha, and Silabada Paramasa. So removing the defilements that has not been removed. The Sotapan removes Sotapanna removes these defilements. And the second is if one has not become a Sotapanna, the round of assistances does not have an end. As a Sotapanna, the person only has the maximum of seven lives, seven assistances as human and deity. The causes that lead to more assistances than the seven have totally been eradicated by the Sotapanna. So in this way, the second benefit is that by becoming a Sotapanna, the person has maximum seven assistances. The third one is the Sotapanna, the door to the four lower assistances will be closed, meaning that the Sotapanna will never be reborn in lower assistances. And the fourth one is by practicing and by becoming a Sotapanna, the person is endowed with the seven kinds of noble possession, seven kinds of possessions that are owned by the noble beings. They are called Ariyadana, the possessions of noble person. There are seven Sada, faith and confidence, sila, morality, hiri, moral shame, otapa, moral fear, sutta, knowledge, shaka, uh, giving up or generosity, and panya, wisdom. So, sotapanna is endowed with these seven ariyatana, the possessions of a noble person. And the fifth one, as the Sotapanna has developed the Eightfold Noble Path, the wrongful paths are removed. As the Sotapanna, his or her path is correct, such as Samaditi, Samasangapa, all these noble paths have been developed and thus the Sotapanna removes the wrongful path. And the sixth one is a Sotapanna is totally free from Vira Paya. And Saraji explains the Vira Paya, they are internal enmity and external enemy. And Sotapanna is free from the internal enmity that leads to further assistances. And a Sotapanna can keep the five precepts clean and thus 
he she will not meet with the four kinds of danger such as atanuvadapaya the danger of self blame and so on and buddha taught virapaya vira are the breaking of the five precepts it is called vira and as a sotapanna who is totally keep the five precepts clean there will not be danger and the seventh factor is that a sotapanna becomes a true son or a daughter of the buddha if one has not become a sotapanna yet the person is called a puttojana the person who has thick layers of defilement and as a puttojana the worldly being even though the person may be believing in the teachings of the buddha in this assistant but in the next assistance there is no guarantee that the person will be believing in the teaching of the buddha but as a sotapanna one truly becomes the true son or daughter of the buddha one becomes a true disciple of the buddha and by removing the defilements there are many hundreds of benefits that a sotapanna obtains and the commentators cannot state all the benefits so he had to say very briefly that a sotapanna also has other benefits that number in many hundreds and the questioner also asks please explain if sotapannas always get the opportunity to learn and practice tipatana meditation in his next seven assistances and saraji replies that to some of the sotapanna they have the opportunity but there are also other sotapannas who are enjoying sensual pleasure and being negligent in practicing satipatthana meditation but to the sotapanna who keep the mindfulness continuous their faculties will become more and more mature and they can even attain the highest enlightenment within one assistance or two assistances and so on there are many types of sotapanna and the questioner also asked another one i assume that a sotapanna does not need to start from the beginning as he carries his magapala jnana to the next assistance and saraji said it is not correct that he can carry the magapala jnana to the next assistance as the maganyana path knowledge is present for a single moment it arises and passes away and the fruition consciousness follows the path knowledge 
And in the life, one can be attaining the attainment of fruition, realizing the Nibbana, but the path and fruition knowledge will not be carried on to the next existences. But the momentum of practice can be carried on to the next existences. It is called Niyata. And the ones who are enjoying sensual pleasure, but when they come to the practice, it will not be difficult for them to gain mindfulness and concentration. In fact, it will be easy for them to gain mindfulness and concentration as they have already attained the first path and fruition knowledge. And the Buddha expounded that the Sotapanna who had discerned the Four Noble Paths, he, she may be spending much of the time with sensual pleasure, but the seven assistance is the maximum to the Sotapanna. There is not an eighth assistance. So even though a Sotapanna may be spending much time in the sensual pleasure, but he, she only has the maximum of seven existences. So as a Sotapanna, there can still be Pamada, negligence, heedlessness from being mindful. And but even though, however, Isodapana may be spending much time with essential pleasure, Sodapana will never be inferior or degraded. The ninth question is asked by Bhikkhu Dhammachaka, and he asks, Please kindly explain the similarities and differences of yogis who kept 5, 8, or 227 precepts and attained Sotapanahut. Saraji uh, will answer 9 first and then go to 8 later, as 9 is easy to answer. And Saraji says, Sila, among the Sila, the basic is the five precepts. One has to keep at least the basic five precepts and if one can, one can practice the eight precepts or one can ordain to become a monk and observe 227 precepts. So the type of precept vary but it is the same in keeping the body and speech controlled. And these sila, morality, differ in type. But what does not differ is the samadhi and banya, concentration and wisdom. The eighth question was put up by Mr. Shantu. He asked, what is the best way for yogis to express their deep gratitude toward their meditation teachers? Should they organize birthday celebrations when their teachers reach his golden age? 
Should they erect statues and keep other relics when their teachers passed away? And Xiaoji explains that organizing birthday celebrations or erect statues, keeping relics when the teacher passed away, they are all included in Amisa Puja, paying respect with material things. And Saraji explains that what is more important is to do Dhamma Puja, paying respect by the Dhamma, which can also uplift one's life. The way that Buddha liked to do the Puja is Dhamma Puja, paying respect by the Dhamma, by practicing the three trainings, Sila, Samadhi, and Banya, morality, concentration, and wisdom. Amisa Puja, paying respect by offering material things, cannot maintain or prolong the teachings of the Buddha. What can really maintain and prolong the teaching of the Buddha is the Dhamma Puja paying respect by practicing the Dhamma, and it is the way that the Buddha liked. And Buddha also explained that Amisa Puja, paying respect by offering material things and so on, cannot maintain or prolong the sasana, not even one day, not even the moment that is long enough for taking of one spoon of boiled rice. So it means that the Amisa Puja cannot maintain or prolong the sasana, not even a short while. And when Saraji said that, Dhamma Puja can maintain and prolong the sasana. It means that reciting, chanting is not the way of doing Dhamma Puja. And Saraji explained briefly about the how Buddha said concerning with the Amisa Puja and Dhamma Puja. When Buddha was going to enter the Parinibbana, the human, the deities, and the Brahmas were respecting the Buddha with great many material things. And the Venerable, the Buddha explained to the Venerable Ananda that such kind of paying respect by material things is not the way, is not the true way of loving, cherishing, respecting the Buddha. So in this way, Buddha taught directly that paying respect by material things is not the true way of loving, respecting, or honoring. So what is the best way to love, to respect, to honor is the Dhamma Nu Dhamma Padipana. One has to practice Sila, Samadhi, and Banya 
morality, concentration, and wisdom that lead to lokottara, that lead to super mundane knowledge. So by practicing the practice that lead to super mundane knowledge, one is truly loving, respecting, honoring the Buddha. It is the best way of respecting and honoring. And this is what Buddha taught directly. And the question asks whether the whether uh, the devotees should organize birthday celebrations to their teachers when they reach their golden age. So organizing birthday celebrations and so on are included in Amisa Puja, paying respect by offering material things. And it is not the true way of expressing their deep gratitude. And also, uh, he asked, should they erect statue and keep other relics when the teachers pass away? Erecting, uh, erecting statue and keeping relics is also Amisa Puja. And Saraji explained that doing Amisa Puja respecting the Buddha with material things, even to the Buddha by constructing great, grand, big, uh, huge monasteries or pagodas cannot maintain or prolong the sasana, not even the short moment that is long enough for taking a spoon of wild rice. So that means that such kind of Amisa Puja by constructing big pagodas cannot prolong the sasana, not even a short moment. What can really maintain and prolong the sasana are the practice of sila, samadhi, and banya. One should practice sila, samadhi, and banya, morality, concentration, and wisdom to a complete level in order to maintain and prolong the sasana. And one can, by practicing meditation to a complete level, one can also hand down to the next generation the correct method of practice. And so long as there are people who practice sila, samadhi, and banya, the sasana will be maintained and prolonged. So uh, Saraji says that the Saraji did not mean to say that one should not be organizing birthday celebration or so on. But what Saraji mean to say that doing the, these things are not as important. By doing these things are wholesome, but they are not as beneficial as practicing Satipatthana meditation. And one should see what the teacher is doing, whether the teacher is practicing correctly, practicing diligently, and if one has the teacher that practices on the correct path diligently, one should also follow the path of the teacher 
and one should practice sila samadhi panya, morality, concentration, and wisdom continuously to the complete level so that the teachings of the Buddha, the Buddhist culture will be maintained and prolonged. Before Saraji concludes this question and answer session, Saraji will like to remind you another thing that is very important. In the Buddha Vamsa, it mentions how the Buddha himself constructed the Dhamma Jedi, the Dhamma Pagoda. And it explains that Buddha eradicated all the defilements and Buddha himself constructed the Dhamma Jedi, the Dhamma Pagoda. And Saraji explains that Jedi is the Pagoda that the people uh, put up in order to pay respect in reflecting the virtues of the Buddha. And Saraji explains the types of Jedi uh, the types of Jediya. The first one is Dhatu Jedi, meaning the pagoda that has the relics enshrined in it. And there is Pariboga Jedi, the pagoda that has the belongings of the Buddha enshrined in it is called Pariboga Jedi. And the images of the Buddha are called Odisha Jedi. And the other one is Dhamma Jedi. One can construct Dhamma Jedi by practicing Satipatthana meditation. So to explain it, by practicing the 37 body bhakiya, the 37 Requisites of enlightenment, one can construct the Dhamma Jedi, and especially by practicing Satipatthana meditation, being mindful of body, being mindful of sensations, being mindful of consciousness, and being mindful of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, and so on, one can attain Magapalanyana, path and fruition, knowledge, and one is said to be constructing the Dhamma Jedi within one's heart. And that is to be done through the practice of Satipatthana meditation. And Saraji explains that constructing the Dhamma Jedi by practicing Satipatthana meditation, it doesn't take uh, bricks or sand or water or cement to construct it, one should construct the Dhamma Jedi by practicing Satipatthana meditation. And one can have the Four Noble Truths as the flag or the banner. By practicing Satipatthana meditation, one realizes the Four Noble Truths and one can pay respect to the Buddha in the way of Dhamma Puja, respecting with Dhamma. And Saraji explains that nowadays the Buddhists 
they are giving more priority to other kinds of pagoda and they fail to give priority to Dhamma Puja. They fail to give priority to construct the Dhamma JD by practicing. And these Buddhist people, they say they are Buddhist, but they are quite confused. They are only paying attention to superficial things. And some of them even convert to other religions and beliefs. And the essence of these Buddhists have become none or few. So in order to do Dhamma JD, in order to construct the Dhamma Pagoda, in order to do Dhamma Puja, one should practice the 37 prerequisites of enlightenment. So one should practice these 37 requisites of enlightenment as the best way of Dhamma Puja that has more essence, that has the best essence. And Saraji concludes this question and answer session by encourage Jane that may you all be able to do the Dhamma Puja by practicing Siddhipatthana meditation diligently in the way that Buddha really liked. Sadhu, sadhu.